You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Himalaya. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Well, Ulysses, for the rest of this week, we're doing a continuation of the best moments from the 2019 season for the Tampa Bay Rays. And there's a lot of them. There's so many of them. In fact, we could almost have made this a two-week thing. But per the directives of the bosses upstairs, it's for now going to be a week-long thing as far as the best moments are concerned. But uh, we figured today we'd, we'd touch on a couple more of the big uh, big things that happened from 2019. Of course, Monday we discussed really one big moment, and that was the AL wildcard game, which right. the Rays won in tremendous fashion against the Oakland Athletics. So um, as far as other moments, what did you come up with? What are, what are a couple of your others? Well, how, was this really difficult for you to come up with, with your picks? Uh, as far as like narrowing down the best yeah. ones? Yes, very difficult. Me too. Me yeah. too. Uh, you and that's know, a good a, thing. That's, a, that's yeah. how it should be. It yeah. shouldn't be like the Baltimore Orioles or the Detroit Tigers or the Miami Marlins where like your oh, best moments of 2019, I got to do that for an entire week. I can do maybe like <laughs> half a segment on, okay, this was a good thing. Uh, right. Miguel Cabrera hit over 300. I don't know. Did he hit over 300? I don't know. He, he did okay. 280 something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like the only bright spot of that, of that Tigers team. One of the few bright well, spots of the Tigers. Yeah. When you know that your 37 year old veteran is the bright star, yeah. you're not, uh, Doing great. No, um, I had a little bit of trouble because I'm a sucker for walk-offs. So mm-hmm. I kind of had to take one walk-off and not one and just one regular win. But then okay. I had to take an extra inning win because okay. I just wanted an exciting game. And so the funny thing about these two picks is that they come back-to-back. They're back-to-back games. Interesting. Um, so the first game, it's in the West Coast. It's an 11-inning game. It's a bullpen game for both teams. Brennan McKay has a start. Doesn't do that great. The Dodgers kind of see the ball like a watermelon Mm -hmm. uh, and just hit it um, right on the spot. Nick Anderson blows his save. Okay. Emilio Pagan gives up a home run. What's new? Um, But this game had so much intensity. It was a seesaw affair throughout the whole game. Tommy Pham had said right before this game, guys, you never know when you're going to go to the playoffs. You, We have to play with more intensity. And he goes out here and he goes five for six with two doubles, a couple runs scored. It was great. In the 11th inning, finally, Austin Meadows gives the go-ahead home run in the 11th, his only hit that night. Uh, it was it was great. Choi had a, uh, a tremendous at-bat that could have been called a strikeout. He does not. He lives to fight another day, gets the next strike, puts it out to left center field. The Rays win, Rays win, Rays win. It actually marked the beginning of 10 games 
where they won seven games. That was their 90th win. So they won seven games starting that night. And the games that they lose, the three games that they lose, two of them, they were already in for the playoffs. Happened in the last two games of the season of the season against the Toronto Blue Jays. So uh, I think this is a, one of the greatest moments is coming up there with the Dodgers, who are a 100-win team, the best mm-hmm. team in the National League. They split that two-game series. That's what's a great moment. They, it kind of just propelled them to that last run that they had to do against not only the Toronto Blue Jays, which they clinched at, in Toronto, but with the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Yeah, it was really one of those tests of, okay, yeah, you can beat up on the Blue Jays a little bit, beat up on on the Red Sox, but how do you do against the truly elite teams and maybe the best team in the National League at that time? And going on the road and being able to do that, and it, it was one of those games. How many times that year or last year has there been a situation where the Rays were either in extra innings or a close ball game? and they need a big hit, they need something to happen, and they find a way to pull out a win. I would love to see what the number... I think the walk-offs, the number of walk-offs the Rays had was, what, over a dozen? But I'd I'd love to know the total number of extra inning wins and one-run wins. Just all those things combined. Because how many nail-biters the Rays have pulled through or pulled through in the 2019 season? So, yeah, that was an amazing moment. It's a great win. I mean, you have pinch hit uh, hits, uh, RBI hits by Jesus Aguilar. You have a clutch sacrifice fly in the ninth inning by Travis Darno. Johnny Davis comes in, pinch running. Uh, it was a great game. It was a fantastic game. So moving on to the second mm-hmm. pick, um, it happens two days after because there's a travel day in between. Uh, the Rays have to face the Boston Red Sox at the Trop. And Morton and Rick Porcello are just trading blows with each other. I mean, shutout inning after shutout inning. They both look amazing for five innings. Then um, Cash does something very uncash-like mm. with his pitcher. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh was this the game where he took Charlie Morton out after like 78 pitches? No. Oh, okay. very uncash like. So, what is uncash like? If that's a very cash like thing, what is a very uncash like thing? And this is pitching wise. Pitching wise, you 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 just do the one eighty of what you just said. He left. He left somebody in. Left that's somebody out to dry. Left. Hey, you're you're facing these hitters. I don't care if they're a lefty, righty, whatever. You're you're getting through this inning. We're we're not going with anybody else. That's right. So he goes out to talk to Charlie Morton just to apparently engage how he was feeling. Charlie goes, feeling good, coach. Mm-hmm. Cash walks back into the dugout, and Mitch Moreland promptly serves up a, a two-run home run. That's right. That's right. I do remember that now. So then the Rays are down. The Rays actually – Get the lead at 3-2 on the bottom of the inning uh, to to kind of save Charlie from that. Um, And then again, Mitch Moreland uh, attacks and and gets another two-run bomb. So it it was another seesaw type affair. Finally, you know, Choi has an RBI double. Nate Lowe has an RBI single. But in the end, it was uh, the ninth inning and Willie Adamas gets a, a single through the left side. 
and and the Rays win with Johnny Davis running again. Uh, man, Johnny Davis was exciting to, to watch, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I mean, he was key for a little bit there. And and talk about a find out of the Mexican league. Yeah, like amazing. hey, you got to scout all. That's why you have international scouts, buddy. <laughs> find have- guys, even if it's just one tool, one skill, and we can utilize that skill. Especially when now that's probably going to happen less often now with rosters capped at 28 for the foreseeable future. But when you have a 40 man roster, that gives you a lot of wiggle room to call up and and find whoever you can, even if they can only do one thing, basically. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of talent all over the world and I'm, I'm very happy to, 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 to follow a team that's willing to, to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, broaden that lens you know this johnny davis character uh, how many people had just overlooked him you know? yes uh, i mean he was playing in the mexican league for who knows how long uh but yeah he was key for around maybe 15 games yes he did get caught yeah. maybe in a little rundown or two uh but I, he was exciting to play mm-hmm. uh, just to watch play anyway the rays win against the red sox that's their 91st win of the season and it marked that run, that last 10 games where yeah. they won seven. I mean, impressive stuff by the race. It's funny because Cash was put in a situation where, because if we remember the situation with Yarbrough, uh, well, leave the guy in, and Charlie Morton, it's it's sort of like, this is where I kind of feel for a manager and feel for Kevin Cash of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Like you leave you leave a guy in. And he get and you leave a you leave a star an all star a Cy Young contender in and he gives up a two he gives up a home run to Mitch Moreland and it's like oh cash is the worst but on the other end of the spectrum you take him out and even if I mean there's so baseball so so difficult to project and and I think that the the job of a manager is more difficult than we even realize and that's a situation where it's so easy to just um, pick the low hanging fruit if you, you will, and, and criticize Cash for something like that. By the way, how did how did Rick Porcello I know. not, like, this was like vintage Rick Porcello from back in the day. Honestly, what, I think because it, it was his best outing that he had had that whole 2019 year, yeah. season. Yeah, he saved it for September to, to give race fans a little bit of a heart attack. Yeah, no, I, I agree with the managerial thing. I mean, from from outside the lines, we we can you know point and judge, and it's very easy to point and judge. And you know what? I'll keep doing it because mm-hmm. oh, it's <laughs> fun. We have that. to. It's we do a podcast. <laughs> We're going to have to second guess decisions and managerial moves. But yeah, obviously, it is a dif- difficult job, and you don't. And we always say, oh well, that guy's rested, and that guy, you know, why isn't he, why isn't he leaving him out there? He just pitched seventy eight pitches, but you don't know the personal stuff. Like mm-hmm. you don't know. Maybe Diego came up to him and said, hey, you know what? I'm I'm feeling kind of uh, ill today. Like it's a stomach flu, but like I don't, you know. So he knows I can't put Diego in there. So now your bullpen's already depleted. But the fans are thinking, well, you know, his arm's fine. He he hasn't pitched in three days. It's like, well, he's got a bug, man. Right. Maybe. Or, or he's got some stuff personal going on. You know, so that, those are the managerial things that you don't really see from from you know in, in front of the TV screen or from your your blue seat at Tropicana Field. Right. Absolutely. By the way, really good selections on your part because those aren't the prototypical picks that I think fans would think about. Okay. So you kind of went, you went B side with the. I mean, they were they were they're Ooh, all important, like that. all good moments, and I, I like, like how that. you kind of sneak those through. 
Because those well, are not know, my picks. Oh well, you know how how about my music? I, I like the B sides, the A yeah. sides. I, I I you know I leave them aside. Very good. And hey, I mean a win against the Dodgers that's always nice. A win against the Red Sox that's always nice as well. That's right. Being able to beat uh, the Dodgers on the road. Oh, Former yeah. GM Andrew Friedman, and of course, being able to beat the Red Sox wherever and whenever is also a nice <laughs> moment as well. Yes. Even if it was you want to pull your hair out after after those games but yeah very good uh some of my best moments a couple of my best moments coming up next all right ulysses um so we're going to be doing uh part three of best moments of 2019 on friday so i really hope i don't steal some of your ideas for friday so it might have to come up with an alternate solution there that's but right here's a couple that really stood out to me from 2019 um besides the wild card that we discussed on monday the first one um really on the whole the entire season of travis darno and especially against the new york yankees oh please in talk july about, uh, tell me about this game again yes. tell me woo me please the one i'm really going to highlight because we could talk about the july 6th game where he walks it off against chad green on on one pitch home run that's over with but no this is about a week and a half later in yankee stadium july 15th aroldis chapman on the mound the rays were down four to two at that point i believe bases loaded two outs who walks up to the plate one travis darno who was acquired from the dodgers for a hundred thousand dollars Travis Darno. It, yeah. It's just a, um, uh, uh, such a legendary name after just one season for the Rays. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Travis Darno has been I, able I, to I'm saying hang, hang his jersey up in the rafters after this season. <laughs> and he's well-deserved to get his two years, $16 million from oh, the yeah, Atlanta Good for Rams. him. Good for Injury him. Okay, history, I, everything I he's dealt with. Yes. I want to okay. interrupt you. Okay, keep going. First of all, I've got to mention a couple of things. Um, okay. One, he had already hit two home runs to this point in the game. <laughs> oh, by the way. Yeah, both Oppo Taco. Okay. Now he's going up against Aroldis Chapman, maybe the best closer in the game. Not easy to hit a 100-mile-an-hour pitch or an 85-mile-an-hour slider off of that. But Darno fights off an eight-pitch at bat, fights off balls in the dirt, foul, foul tips, 100-mile-an-hour, 101-mile-an-hour pitches coming right at him to wait for his ideal pitch, and that was a slider on the outside corner. And what does he do with it? He deploys it in the same part of the ballpark that he deployed his first two home runs of that game. Opposite field. I don't know how he does it, but if you're able to hit opposite field like that multiple times in a game, you have power, even if it is Yankee Stadium. But still. Yeah, opposite opposite field too. Um, can you describe Aaron Judge's face when that happened for the third time during the game? Yeah. By the way, Aaron Judge that that ball was just out of the reach of Aaron Judge. Maybe if Aaron Judge was six eight, six nine, instead of Oof. six five, maybe had a little. Maybe had he's some Kevin only Kiermaier. six five. Yes, he's he's only six. Nah, maybe he's six. You Dude, know, they he's a monster. Him. I'm thinking he's like seven eight. Well, he, yeah, he, I mean, next to Jose Altuve, he looks like he's 7'8". Yeah. Let's yeah. just say he wasn't tall enough to make that play. 
even as tall as he is, he could not make the play. But yeah, yeah no, um, that was such a great, such a great game because, uh, you know, you, you're not really, you don't go into a game expecting this type of production from from anybody really on your roster. I mean, you, you, you mm-hmm. know, last year you, you go, okay, Meadows, you can do something, you know, Tommy Fams, Abby, you know, you got your boys, Yandi, when he was healthy, Lau, but you're never expecting a three homer game. That's a, that's a silly thing to expect from anybody, yes. especially your catcher, and especially a catcher that was, you know, bought from the, like the Dodgers sixth for catcher you had on the roster at that point. Right, though. right, and and, and and I I I do believe that July was Travis Darno's best month. Yeah, I think, he was during that season. He was a monster. I think the amount of RBIs he had in that month wasn't that a ranks- franchise record. It was either a franchise record or very close to it. Very close yeah. to what Evan Longoria and Aubrey Huff put up. Yeah, it was a month for the ages, for sure. Yeah. And he was batting leadoff in that game, too. Amazing. So Amazing. So tell first, me about Aaron Judge's face. Come on, you never told yeah, me. Yeah, the Aaron Judge's face. I mean, it's already it's already <laughs> kind of a mess, but even more so after that after that home run went yeah. over his head and uh-huh. in, in above his glove. So uh yeah, that was that was one moment that really, really stuck out to me. By the way, I think, you know, the Rays didn't do well against the Yankees much of the mm-hmm. year. I mean, it was a rough year against the Yankees. Was the um, head-to-head 7-11? Seven that sounds about right, but the one stat I want to note is that, okay, the Rays had lost 14 consecutive, I think, series opening games in Yankee Stadium. It's kind of a weird stat. In the Rays on Travis Darno's home run, and then being able to close out the game after that, broke that streak. There were a lot of weird streaks like that, which, I mean, the Rays were kind of, like, they were either in, like, a, like, the other, I think the other game that Travis Darno, where he actually hit the walk-off home run, um, the Rays had lost, like, three consecutive games in uh, in the ninth inning or later. So, like, Travis Darno's, like moments came up when the team was kind of reeling a little bit. He was clutch and not in the, you know, like you say in the, in the, in the mini picture, in the moment he was clutch, you know, obviously hitting a home run against Arliss Chapman to put your mm-hmm. team, uh, you know, ahead in the ninth inning, that's clutch. But also in the big picture, you know, you've been losing ninth inning games. You come up and you help your team not lose. That's clutch. Uh, he was clutch as you could ever be. I know yes. um, analytics uh, fans do not like the word clutch. Maybe they're getting a little bit away from that. But, I mean, if you've watched enough baseball, man, some guys are clutch. Yeah. And some Derek guys Jeter's are not. The, there's something yeah. to be said for being able to want that moment to shine yeah. most when the moment in the spotlight is on you, especially in New York City where Travis Darno had experience with. And he's a veteran. He'd been in the league a long time, had fought a lot of adversity. And he was in a, a comfortable place in, in his sense where, yeah, he was working with his hitting coach again, former hitting coach Chad Matola, gave him some ideas. Okay, you need to shorten your swing a little bit. And lo and behold, Travis Turneau becomes the second most valuable catcher on the free agent market after Yasmani Grandal. So amazing. Yeah, yeah. there. It's it's not just about skills. It, it, there is the mentality factor, and and how do you shine when when the moment is brightest on you? Because there's a lot of guys that falter, 
In that of case, course. we're all the Chapman falters. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and, and there are a couple of guys that, that kind of sh- uh, shined, uh, you know, brightest uh, in that moment. I would say Kevin Kiermaier is a clutch mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. I would say Willie Adamas is a clutch guy. I don't think Austin Meadows has garnered that yeah. yet. Um, he had a great season. Not such a great playoff. Um, he's a young player, but yeah, I think Willie Adamas and Kevin Kiermaier should don the clutch. Um, nickname. and that could be a personality thing too. Like That's, Austin, like, yeah, Austin Meadows is going to contribute in games in April. I mean, he contributed all season long, but you know, maybe those tie ball games in the bottom of the ninth, maybe that is more so of a Willie Adamas can come through thing. Whereas Austin Meadows is more mellow and kind of just, doesn't want i mean he's he's a southern kid just doesn't want the you know kevin kiermaier and willie adamas they they they're exuberant they they strive for for that attention and who knows maybe austin meadows will will eventually get to that point i mean he's starting to do some things with like we see his haircut uh we he's doing um some some uh facetime calls with blake snell so he is getting out there a little bit more and maybe that's something that'll kind of help him a little bit I did pick, you know, a game where he comes clutch in the eleventh yes. inning, obviously with the Dodgers and the home run. But I don't know. I feel like but you don't think of Austin Meadows as right. Oh, he is. He's as clutch as it comes, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. So the second, uh, the second moment I want to highlight, and again, there's there's more on Friday that we'll we'll discuss. Um, one, Mister Ryan Yarbrough. Ooh. What did pick. he do? On August 11th against the Seattle Mariners. He got the closest that the Rays have gotten to a complete game in three years. Now, I didn't get it, but I'll take eight and two-thirds and, and three hits and, and no earned runs. Oh, and man. Help steal a, a one nothing victory, even you know, though Kevin Cash <sighs> takes you out after 99 pitches. I do. <laughs> okay, again, I get it. I get it. Domingo Santana is coming up to bat to close. Maybe if... This is in this case, it's on the Rays' offense. Maybe give give uh, Yarbrough four or five more runs to work with, and then you force, can face Domingo Santana. Force Cash, you know, Cash's hand here. Yeah, it's four zero. You're not going to lose the game because of this player. Mm-hmm. He could hit the longest home run, and the next guy could strike out or just hit a grounder to second. Okay, it does not. That run does not matter. That's what they teach you, right? That run does not matter. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Domingo Santana's run doesn't matter if the offense puts up, you know, a couple a couple more runs on the board, and they didn't. So, yeah, is it frustrating to see Yarbrough do beautifully for eight and two thirds, and then be taken out? Is it frustrating as a fan? Is it frustrating as Yarbrough? to be taking out of a game that you want to complete? Of course. Is it frustrating that the last pitcher to have a complete game uh, for the Rays franchise is Matt Andrees? Oh, my yes. God. Where is he now? Oh, my gosh. Who knows? Maybe Matt Andrees' mother. But, yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, uh, it's frustrating. And But, again, like you said, that that actually has to be on the offense. As a manager in August of a, of a, of a club that has no pitching whatsoever right now mm-hmm. in the starting rotation, you have to take care of your guys. And, and that means maybe doing that, that hard decision. I didn't like it. I still yes. don't like it. But I'm a little bit more aware of maybe saying that actually is on the offense. Yeah. 
And by the way, you stole just a great trivia question. The last raised player to pitch a complete <laughs> game. All right, going to cross that one off the list there. Can't use that for Friday. Uh, Oops. But yeah, and you mentioned it that, okay, this was the point in the season where Blake Snell was down. Tyler Glass now was down. Torinos, was he down at that point too? I mean, it was basically... Morton I think and so. For all it was Morton and Yarbrough, yeah. And yeah. even though it was against the Mariners on the road, though, that's still, I mean, every game matters. And and especially those games where you, they were part of, there was a stretch there against easy competition where it's like, okay, we've got to capitalize on this. And the Rays yeah. were able to do that thanks to Ryan Yarbrough in this game. And, and what I love about Yarbrough's performance was, it shows. It goes to show you that you don't have to have a 97 mile an hour fastball. Love that. You can have four or five different pitches, and if you can command and control them and put them wherever you want, you can have a career in the big leagues, especially as a left-handed pitcher. And he likes that fastball, you know, uh, arm side. So like inside the left-handers, outside for the right-handed mm-hmm. batter, right outside the strike zone, at the top of the strike zone, but a little bit out. Uh, yeah. of it you know he likes that that fastball i mean he he has great command he's got great command and and if you can command your pitches it's, it's kind of like brendan mckay right brendan yeah. mckay has a maybe a, a tick more velocity uh than than yarbro uh, especially throughout the game he can keep it at 93 94 mm-hmm. uh, he can touch 96 mckay can i think yarbro would be able to touch 92 touch 93 uh, but stays at a 90 mile right. an hour fastball man it doesn't matter. It does not matter. You command your pitches and you do well. Mm-hmm. And the slide, like the thing that really stuck out in that game, if you go back and watch the highlights, is the slider to left-handed pitchers, left-handed batters rather, yeah. and just like totally putting them in disarray. But that's the other thing. I don't know why the Mariners put up like I know that Yarbrough, I guess, is a little bit of a reverse, reverse split type of guy, but you still put like five left-handers in the lineup like you had malik smith in there and and daniel vogelbach and and all jp crawford like all these like you couldn't mix it up a little bit to help yourself out i digress though anyway and (laughs) i I should note about this uh about this game uh when we talk about great pitching performances we do have to note the defense also is a big part right great pitching performances we talked about no hitters and perfect games uh, a couple weeks back you know that's very important it's not just a one team uh one person win victory mm-hmm. when you when, when you do the no hitter it has to be your defense and also yeah. that shot out as well you had uh willie adamas he had a jump throw to first which got out i believe it was malik smith they called it they called him safe and then they went to the replay and it turned out like he was out by a step like the ump must have just been to blind the first yeah the first base like it was such a blatant call that blatantly I'm, bad call look uh like you, did you not put your contacts in today okay i'm not, I'm not going to to go here on, on a rant here but i cannot understand the people that think that video replay has made baseball worse i mean we cannot have an, another armando galarraga perfect game yes. being blown by a 68 year old umpire who just wants to spotlight and doesn't mm-hmm. want to just say that he's out because he was blatantly out. Right. You can't have those calls anymore. It's 2020. I don't care if it, you know, it gets the, the, the decision 30 seconds later, or it doesn't feel like it. It's yeah. that's what happened in the game. He mm-hmm. was out. He should be called out. Punto. That's it. 
by the way, the Galarraga instant that 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 ump should have been fired on the spot. And You're banned from be. baseball. And I know that oh Jim Joyce, he's such a uh, great guy. Everybody loves him. I don't love him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Galarraga, even though he forgave him, he's he's a way better man than I am mm-hmm. because I would not look that guy in, in the eye. Yes. And one more thing, you know, we we talk about the defense. I do remember I criticized uh, Guillermo Heredia on Monday. I was like, yeah, he brought nothing to the table. Didn't care. Didn't uh, he? Yeah. He made a great catch in right center. <laughs> yeah. Ran into the wall, warning track, saved at least a double. Yeah. And it, it really helped out, uh, helped out Yarbrough, who, by the way, finished the season top 1% in exit velocity, hard hit percentage, and top 2% in walk percentage. So as in good marks, like you're okay. you're you're allowing such weak contact. That's amazing. You're not walking anybody. Yeah, yeah. He okay, doesn't guys. walk guys. Yeah. When he walks guys, you know <laughs> you're in trouble that yeah. day. But yeah, he's he's amazing, really. Now I would say his face when he was pulled after eight and two thirds was probably a worse look than Aaron Judge's face on the Darno Omar. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Yes, I I think you're right. <laughs> and hopefully is forgiven Kevin Cash by now. Because I'd probably still be mad at him for that. Well, you, for that know, you, just, you keep it in the back pocket as yeah. a little grudge, but maybe, you know. Maybe next time you get to eight and two thirds at 80 pitches. Like, just really, okay, now you, now you can't take me out. I'm finishing right. this guy off. And, and you know what? Nate Lowe and Austin Meadows gave me bombs, so it's actually 3-0. Mm-hmm. Okay. That'd so, be nice. Just look in the dugout with a stern face. We can dream. We can dream. All right. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you on Friday.